Welcome. Welcome to the Soul Magic Podcast. And I'm your host, Jillian White. Your white witch. Sort of. Kind of. (laughs) Throughout my 20 years of teaching in the spiritual world, I have noticed that people often move through life on autopilot, going through the motions with each day passing like the other, missing the gifts, existing and not living. For this podcast, my intention is to lead you to hear the whispers of your soul and trust some messages from the stars. It is a blessed time to savor your life to fall in love with life itself, and to embody magic with every step you take. Let's walk with intention of inviting magic into our lives to awaken that spark of our soul. Blessed Yule, a celebration of hope and the returning of light and life. The wheel turns once more to the winter solstice, marking the longest night of the year, This is the day where the wheel rotates back towards the light, reminding us of the continual cycle of life. It's a time to gather with your loved ones and rejoice in the glowing gift of life. The tides are flowing towards warmth and abundance once more. Yule is one of the four solar festivals relating to the sun's position in the sky. So there's spring equinox, which is Ostara, summer solstice, Litha, Fall Equinox, Mabon, and Winter Solstice, Yule. Now, the dates can vary a wee bit from year to year. This year, Yule does fall on the 21st in the Northern Hemisphere. Now, in the Southern Hemisphere, they will be welcoming in midsummer, the Summer Solstice. Solstice means sun stands still. It's marking the longest night of the year. There are many stories and folk tales that surround this blessed Sabbath of Yule. I'll share just a few with you here. Now, one of the more popular folk tales is the tale of the Oak King and the Holly King. Their origins are unknown, but one tale is that the Oak King and the Holly King are brothers. The Oak King is a ruler of summer, light, fertility, and growth, and often portrayed as a green man. And the Holly King is portrayed as a woodsy man looking like Santa Claus, wearing a sprig of holly and driving a team of eight stags. Now these brothers meet for battle twice a year to fight for the crown of the year, and both times the one is dethroned as the other succeeds. Another story is sometimes they're represented as one man, or the horned god, who goes through a transformation twice a year. They are two aspects of a single deity, two identities which fight to be the one in command. Sound familiar? Something I think we are always battling within ourselves. So this is just one of the stories. Another story you might recognize is one that's based in Sweden and other Scandinavian countries. There's a popular goat-like figure made of straw and red ribbon, usually found under the tree or nestled among the branches, or you'll find them in Ikea. (laughs) Now, this is called a Yulebok, which translates into English as a Yule buck or Christmas buck, a symbol of good tidings and cheer. It's seeped in much history, and the Yulebok stems from North mythology, ancient fables of the North Germanic people during the Viking Age. One account centers around the Norse god, Thor, He rode in the sky in a golden chariot drawn by two mighty goats. 
Thor is associated with thunder, lightning, windstorms, and nature and agriculture. Now, Thor and his goats were always present during Yuletide, from December 21st through the first day of January, protecting homes and farmland and the promise of spring. This mythology still lives on today. Many people in Scandinavia believe the sound of thunder is the rumbling of Thor's chariot wheels in the sky. So darn cool. I love that story. Another winter tale involves the Kaliak, queen of darkness. She is one of my most favorite goddesses. The divine crone or hag, or known as a creation goddess. She is so ancient that not much is known about her original myth or ritual. But she is known as an ancestor deity and a weather deity, goddess of winter in the Celtic world. She rules the dark half of the year, opposite of the goddess Bridget, who's known as the goddess of spring, the maiden. Now, the Calic has been known to be seen with one eye. It's a characteristic of the world of the supernatural beings that see beyond our world of opposites. And she may be wielding a staff that freezes the ground when she touches it. Some legends say she dies in the spring to be reborn again in the winter. She is the goddess of endless renewal and ensures the cycles of the seasons continue. Another tale is that she is the one that formed the hills and the mountains of Ireland by dropping her stones from her apron or basket as she created the landscape. I find you can really feel her energy in the rocky, hard areas of this beautiful land. In some stories, she appears to a hero as a hideous old woman, and when he is kind to her, she turns into a lovely young woman who rewards him for his good deeds. <laughs> Lucky fella. She is the goddess of cold, hard truth and honesty. This is why I love her. She strips everything down to its bare bones, to its essence. She forces you to embrace your shadow, which of course we must do to be entirely whole. So in some ways, she is not only the force that tears you down, but also rebuilds you into something more. You die, but are reborn. I love the Kaliak. So she's a great goddess to call upon if you need a cool head or you want to get to the true heart of the matter or the heart of your true self. Here's a ritual I'd like to do when I'm working with the Kaliak. You might want to participate with me here. So pause and go grab yourself a black cloth or a wrap so you can wrap that around your shoulders. Or you can simply visualize yourself wrapped by the crone's black cloak of protection, wisdom, and inner strength. Know that you are embraced by the cloak of the crone. Know that you are safe here, protected from all harm. Now, as you visualize yourself wrapped by her strength, take a listen to this poem by Audrey Haney. It's called The Winter Crone. Her clothes are dusk, folding in shadows. She walks barefoot across the land. Her hair is gray with streaks of white that fall as snow as soft as sand. Her eyes are brown, some would say black. Her face has wisdom in its lines. She is the crone. 
her time is winter. This goddess can be harsh or kind. She touches flowers with her kiss. Her mouth is white, her breath is cold. And anything that's green and gentle soon does wilt and leaves do fold. Her hand caress the evergreens where beasts do sleep in warm deep lairs. But they should mind this lady's presence for cold can kill those not aware. But she has harsh though natural ways. The cold brings with it a sound sleep and only old and weak unable shall sacrifice themselves to winter's keep or feed another clothed and wrap. Their resting bodies won't be found. She may decide who lives or dies, but to the earth her souls are bound. But winter's short for those who thrive. O blessed hag, O winter's crone, soon the sun will shine once more. Springtime will have your icy throne. When the sun returns and the darkness leaves, and the chill won't settle on your grange, old crone do sleep through summer months until you feel the wind of change. So mote it be. There is this amazing and fascinating place in County Meath, Ireland that I was blessed to be able to visit. It's a mythical site called Newgrange. Not much is known about it, but what is known, it's a passage tomb, a 5,000-year-old tomb that is older than the pyramids of Giza. Shut the front door. How cool is that? What's really interesting is that Newgrange is best known for the illumination of its passageway and chamber by the winter solstice sun. So at dawn on the mornings that surround the solstice, a narrow beam of light enters the 62-foot-long passageway and lights up the floor and moves along the ground until it lights the rear chamber, fully illuminating that chamber. And apparently this light shall last 17 minutes. Now, I've never witnessed it, but you can watch it online. Or if you're lucky, you can put your name in for a draw to be there in person. Wouldn't that be incredible? So why would they build this? I, I often think about this. What were the what were the old ones or ancient ones thinking when they were building this massive structure? Well, at the time they didn't have what we have from Netflix and Twitter, <laughs> things to keep them entertained. And the seasons were part of their life. This was their lively livelihood. It meant life or death for them. So my thoughts are, for them, the sun represented the seed of life, the male form, right? And so when the sun returns, they wanted to make sure they captured this seed and fertilized the womb, also known as Mother Earth, so that they would have a bountiful harvest. That's my thought. So they were capturing the seed of life and the womb space of Mother Earth. Who knows? But that's my thinking. Because winter has that womb-like energy. This is an opportune time to incubate your dreams for the future. I love it. I love winter. Blessed winter, when the earth goes to sleep, her creatures retreat. Winter is the time to unplug, go inwards, regroup, and connect with one's roots. It's a time to figure out what is most important to you to make room for much-needed change. 
It's also a wonderful time to strengthen your bond with your loved ones that you hold dear. Take the time to reminisce about old memories and make new ones. And the greatest gift you can give is your time, your love, and your attention. So mote it be. May this solstice of Yule and the turning of the wheel bring you much love, peace, and triple fold of blessings in the coming year. Thank you for joining me, my magical friends. Blessed be.